What's up, everyone? This is Alex Lieberman, co-founder and executive chairman of Morning Brew. Welcome back to Founder's Journal, my personal audio diary, where I give you, the business builder, the tools you need to think better in order to build better, whether that's building a business, a team, or a new product. Today, I'm talking about Amazon Web Services, a $54 billion behemoth that many of us ignore, some of us have heard of, but few of us truly understand. It's time to break down AWS and what we can learn from its rise as business builders ourselves. Let's hop into it. As mentioned last episode, on July 5th, Andy Jassy stepped in as Amazon's newest and second ever CEO. There are many lessons we can all learn from Jassy's 24-year ascent at Amazon, many of which I discussed in the last episode on Founders Journal. This episode, I'm going to talk about the business behind the man, a business that Andy Jassy built over the course of 18 years, beginning in the early 2000s. That business is AWS or Amazon Web Services. If you're not familiar with AWS, it's completely understandable given that it is entirely B2B and primarily serves as the lifeblood of a company's technology and data departments. But it's absolutely a business that every builder should know about and learn from. So what is AWS? AWS is a subsidiary of Amazon that provides cloud infrastructure as a service to over 1 million users, the bulk of which are small to mid-sized businesses like Morning Brew. That was a mouthful. I'll explain what I mean. You know, we've actually been an AWS customer since the early days. That said, AWS does have a bunch of notable enterprise clients from Netflix to Slack to Spotify to Capital One. And just hearing the customer list, you can probably guess that AWS is massive. But just to give you a sense of scale, 15 years into its existence, AWS is growing 32% year over year. It's on pace to do $54 billion in revenue this year. And it's responsible for over 50% of Amazon's Q1 profit. As a reference, AWS's revenue is greater than Pfizer, UBS, American Express, and a ton of Fortune 100 companies. Okay, so we got that down. AWS is huge. But what does cloud infrastructure actually mean? The best way I can explain it is by using an example. Let's take Netflix, since Netflix is actually one of AWS's largest clients. When you go to Netflix.com and you see the homepage, you're seeing that homepage because of AWS. What's actually happening is that your computer is connected to an AWS server over the internet, and that AWS server is hosting Netflix's website on behalf of Netflix, the company. The server that is stored physically in one of AWS's 81 physical facilities or what they call availability zones across the world, it contains the files and code needed to bring up that Netflix homepage for you. And this concept of Netflix using AWS is so incredibly powerful because it gets at the heart of why cloud computing is set to double in the next five years, despite already being around for the last two decades. It's so powerful because Netflix's business is significantly more cost efficient, predictable, and flexible than it would be without AWS. 
Without AWS, Netflix would have to purchase thousands of physical servers, pay for the space to house them, and hire people to maintain them in order to perform the exact step I just described of you or me going to Netflix.com at home. But it's not just about cost. It's also about flexibility. Let's say that Netflix projected that it would have 300 million customers next year, but instead it ends up with 250 million. Well, what would have actually happened is at the beginning of the year when Netflix was projecting its demand, it would have had to buy enough servers to satisfy 300 million people going to Netflix.com. Which means if the numbers actually come out to 250 million, Netflix basically lit millions of dollars on fire by buying extra servers, space, and people, and it had a mismatch of supply and demand. That is exactly why AWS exists. Rather than buying computing power or storage, you can pay as you go, effectively renting space from AWS based on your server needs at this very moment in time. So now that you understand AWS and the power of cloud computing, there are two other lessons we can learn from this behemoth that started as a 57-person startup led by Andy Jassy starting in 2006. The first lesson, sometimes the best businesses come from your own issues and you being your first customer. AWS was founded in the early 2000s out of Amazon's frustration with its own tech situation. Around 2000, Amazon was growing extremely quickly, it was hiring a lot of engineers, yet it was finding that it wasn't launching new products or applications any faster. And so Andy Jassy, who is Amazon's new CEO and who I profiled last episode of Founders Journal, when he was Bezos's chief of staff at the time, he found that project after project was being projected to take three months, but it ended up taking three months just to build up the tech infrastructure for each project. And what was happening was everyone was spinning up their own tech resources like servers for each individual project versus scaling, sharing, and reusing servers across the entire company. This pain point led Andy Jassy and the founding team for AWS to build out a set of common infrastructure services that engineers could access easily at any time as needed. And what happened was Amazon.com, the retail e-commerce site, it was customer number one for this service, a service that would end up becoming truly the operating system of the internet. And so What can we learn from this? Well, sometimes as a fast-growing business, the best way to grow outward, the best way to launch new products is to look inward and build for your biggest pain points. Handling tech infrastructure as unsexy as it is was a massive pain point for Amazon at the time. The second lesson from AWS's journey, this business is a textbook beneficiary of economies of scale. AWS is super capital intensive given it is investing in and maintaining hundreds of thousands of servers across dozens of countries that individual companies would have to have maintained themselves if AWS didn't exist. And what that means is the bigger that AWS gets with enterprise customers like Netflix or Slack paying to rent more and more storage or computing power from them the more customers that AWS is able to spread its huge upfront costs against. And so there's this virtuous cycle that forms, which I've talked about in my past Scale Economies Founders Journal. 
As AWS has more customers, and as its per-customer cost gets lower and lower, it can then charge customers less over time, which makes it that much harder for competitors to win in the cloud computing game. And that, my friends, is AWS. What it is, the problem it solves, and the lessons we can learn from it. Now, while AWS isn't the sexy consumer business that we typically love to study or hear about in social media, it is a massive business with a rich history that can help inform the work we do as builders. If you have any questions about AWS, shoot me a note. Or if you have any other businesses that you want me to break down and extract lessons from, let me know as well. Send an email to alex at morningbrew.com or DM me on Twitter at businessbarista. Thanks so much for listening to Founders Journal. And if you enjoyed, please let others know who you think would enjoy the show as well. Thanks again, and I'll catch you next episode. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard.